Suffering from Original Sin, Misty Irons on Same-Sex Attraction. The category of sin includes an entire dimension of what we are subject to, rather than what is subject to our wills. We suffer from the malady of original sin. By Joel Carini. One of the first topics I wrote on at The Natural Theologian was same-sex attraction and the Christian life. While I do not experience same-sex attraction myself, I found that the predominant conservative evangelical narrative on same-sex attraction was unduly harsh to those who do. My post, Same-Sex Attraction and the Misery of Our Condition, found an audience with Side B readers, that is, readers in the community of celibate gay Christians, leading to my being interviewed here. This was partly because I argued that the claim that same-sex attraction and sexual orientation are sin is not theologically well-grounded because it ignores the category of misery in Reformed theology. Into what estate did the fall bring mankind? Into an estate of sin and misery. Westminster Shorter Catechism, question 17. Recently, the podcast Communion and Shalom interviewed Misty Irons, a Christian woman who has long been involved with ministry to and among same-sex attracted Christians and non-Christians. Halfway through, one of the hosts asks Irons about what she thought of my categorization of same-sex attraction or orientation more in the misery category than the sin category. She responded with very thoughtful comments about the way in which same-sex attraction sits at the boundary between the two. She resisted simply putting it fully in the misery category. She argued that same-sex attraction is somewhat uniquely situated on the boundary of sin and misery. In her response... Irons assumed that I meant to put same-sex attraction entirely in the misery category, rather than the sin category. That isn't exactly what I meant, but that's okay, because she then launches into the kind of nuanced answer I meant to be giving. My intention was to say that, in seeking to give a theological and biblical account of same-sex attraction, we shouldn't ignore the biblical category of misery. We are not more biblically faithful the more harshly we condemn an experience like same-sex attraction as sin. Sin and misery, the boundary blurs. The Bible actually teaches, and the Westminster Shorter Catechism summarizes, that our fallen condition is one of sin and misery resulting from sin. Misery, i.e. suffering, includes all the effects of the curse on mankind, suffering, pain, death, and hell, but more generally, everything that is not right with the world. Sin, on the other hand, is subdivided into original sin and actual sin. That is, inbuilt corruption and the acts of sin that we commit because of that corruption. Now, the fact is that these categories overlap in certain ways. Because misery includes everything that is not right with the world, it includes a lot of sin. Being sinned against is part of the misery of our condition, as is being subject to sinful desires, attractions, and habits. That is, being subject to original sin is itself a kind of misery. Adam wasn't so subject. He sinned without already being corrupted. This means that the category of sin also includes an entire dimension of what we are subject to, rather than what is subject to our wills. We suffer from the malady of original sin. Would that we were not subject to inbuilt corruption and sinful inclinations. What this means is that it isn't entirely unique to same-sex attraction and orientation to blur the boundaries of sin and misery. The Reformed and ultimately Augustinian doctrine of original sin blurs the boundaries of sin and misery. 
Sin isn't just what we do, which would be the Pelagian position. It's also something we can't help but do, something with which we are born, like a sickness. That's the Augustinian position, and therefore the Calvinist one and the Thomist one. Same-sex attraction, actual or original sin. Then, the other day, I read this on Twitter. Smash Bales says, same-sex attraction is sin. How are we supposed to understand this kind of sentiment? The thing about the word sin is that outside of a theological context, sin means actual sin, almost without exception. When in ordinary discussion you call something sin, you are blaming a person for it. You're accusing him or her of actual active sin of which he must repent. This means that when anonymous Twitter Theobro smash bales says same-sex attraction is sin, it is obviously not intended to communicate technically in Augustinian theology, even inbuilt inclinations over which we have no control fall under the rubric of sin, original sin. No, it is to say that anyone who is subject to same-sex attraction needs to repent of that very subjection. And if such people describe themselves as gay or lesbian, they must also repent of accurate self-description. But given that the Augustinian position is that sin includes inbuilt propensities to sin that are prior to actual sin, labeling one of these propensities as sin i.e. actual sin, is to depart from Augustinianism into, what else? Pelagianism. It's striking that this means the position on same-sex attraction of Rosaria Butterfield, the PCA ad interim report, and many online reformed theobros is actually heretical, especially by reformed standards. It's a kind of Pelagianism. I spelled out the argument for this conclusion several days ago on Twitter. Quote, I figured out that the biblicist evangelical opposition to revoice is Pelagian. Pelagians don't believe in original sin. They think that all our actions and even desires are a product of the individual will. The opponents of revoice don't believe in sexual orientation and given patterns of attraction. They think that every dimension of our sexual nature is subject to moral evaluation as a sinful product of our will. The doctrine of original sin means that a major component of sin is beyond our control, given to us, and built into our nature. This should engender sympathy with, not judgment upon us sinners. Side B and Revoice are therefore those offering an Augustinian, Calvinist Reformed perspective in contrast to the Pelagian opposition. I'll leave it there to answer some questions and to raise others. More to come on same-sex attraction later this week. The Natural Theologian is a reader-supported publication. To receive new posts and support my work, consider becoming a free or paid subscriber and share this post with someone you think will appreciate it.